When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today, deep friend of the pod, Grant Cordes. Hi. Hi, Drew. How are we doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, the people that live upstairs with me are playing Call of Duty, so if you hear like sudden screaming, it's because they're losing. Uh, but beyond that, <laughs> everything's... No, it, it's fun to have like an infusion of straight culture into the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> like, honestly, that's like a lot less toxic than the straight culture I'm bringing right now. Like I just finished uh, 16 rounds of a fantasy football draft. So that's kind of <laughs> the mania or like the come down slash mania that I'm like bringing in today. So I get that. No, I mean, coming out of Labor Day, it's just like a little bit of a detox, so to speak. Yeah. And I got my second, um, what's that disease that everyone's getting? Um, monkeypox. I got my second monkeypox vaccine today. Hey, I got my first one today. Congratulations. Did you yeah. have to do it um, sub, subdermally? Is that what they're saying? Um, or did I you get the take muscle? it into my own hands to seek out and get. Uh, I, I already had a doctor's appointment today and I was just like, how about we throw that in there? And then they were like, all right, you need to answer these questions this way and it's all yours. Yeah. That honestly, like, that's the way to do it. Avoid if you can. Like, this is just a general public service announcement. Um, try doing that. Did you get in the muscle, or did they do it like on your wrist? No, I have it in my forearm. It just looks like a bee sting right now. Yeah. And that's at the same time, for- I also scheduled my COVID booster, so it's like done. I'm like just knocking out needles like for the next two months. They, I'm doing the same thing on Thursday too. Like, I'm so excited to just have it out of the way. Um. I did not like the forearm of it all, both because like, I don't like needles. Like that's my number one fear probably. And there was no band-aid. There was no like, they, I'm not allowed to put water, oil or band-aids on it. Did you, did the nurse tell you the same thing? He put a band-aid on it, but he like, he's like, I'm making a little tent. So it was like a band-aid not pushed down. And he was like, stay the hell away from this for the next two hours. So I like- okay. Just acted like my arm had cooties and like just kept it away from me. Like that is so annoying. Like I would have taken the tent because I feel like borderline naked, but I just have this like red dot on my arm. No coverage. I could have gangrene for all I know. <laughs> yeah, like, no. 
It does look like I'm breaking out in like some poison ivy sort of fashion right now. It's also just fun to see like when the nurse gives you the band-aid, like it's always kind of a fun one, even if you're an adult, like it's fun. And it's truly the only reason like, okay, I'm going to revise what I was about to say. I was about to say that it's the only reason I get vaccinated is for the band-aids. That's not true. I, that could I get be a top from, three. That could be number one. I yeah. Public, public health is number one. The concern for my fellow citizens is if that's different than number one, it's number two. And then three is the band-aid. Like I like getting a little like, it's like the, the I voted sticker. Oh, more important than voting itself. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. When <laughs> I got, um, so I had to get blood work done like three years ago. And at the time, like, I mean, my needle phobia was like way worse when I was like a little younger. Um, and the nurse noticed that I was truly like white knuckling the edge of my like med- or doctor's chair, whatever it's called. And she gave me extra band-aids and stickers that said, you did a good job with like golden retrievers on them, which are reserved for children. And mind this you, is, I was this like- This is three years ago, I'm getting the time. I was 23 at the time. Um, okay. Not- you know, I was not crushing it, let's say, but like it was needed. My attitude is just like, it's like when I watch a horror movie and I know something scary is about to happen, like I brace for it. So I make like the face of death and I like, I'll even tell the person ahead of time. Uh, yeah. I'm not dying, but my face will say otherwise. I'll kick you or something if it's really bad. It's important to like be a chatterbox with nurses. I find just because it's like, like you will get more like you know nice service and like they will come back quicker and not leave you in the waiting room for 10 minutes and like you yourself will be distracted while the needle's going in that's just these are my life lessons i mean that's like literally how i got the vaccine today was the doctor was like boxes i need to check for me not to turn you away right now so if you could just nod at the way i'm asking questions and i'm like done yeah like i I'm whatever you think I am in order to get this needle in my arm. Chicago seems like it's been a lot more lax with the requirements too. Like all of my LA and New York friends had to wait in like hours long lines for it. And like, I didn't have the easiest time booking an appointment, but it still only took, I mean, like once you're there, you're there and you're in and out. Mm-hmm. Thank God for public health clinics. Something like that, yeah. What a serious way to begin the episode. I mean, thank thank you to our nurses. Even everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, this is a frivolous podcast in many ways, but at the end of the day, like, we do do political commentary and we try to fix what society, um, fix society. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, this was all worth it. This podcast does have a loose medical themed framework that is very, very, very loosely upheld. So like maybe, maybe it's good that we're talking about. I'm this. glad I could contribute to that. Yeah. Um, speaking of medical frameworks, it is time for our first segment. Grant, we are gonna play Ring the Alarm. I'm okay. going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you're going to decide whether or not to, to ring the alarm. No wrong answers here. Okay. Your choice is binary. Are you ringing it or not? Okay. 
All right. First topic and one that I think you knew we were going to get into. Um, Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine amidst the mess that is the don't worry. Ring, don't ring, worry ring, 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 ring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what what are you what do you think about all this? Well, for the past few months, I've like personality being obsessed with the slap. And I feel like this is like a lame sequel. So it's just like camera angles. Was he adjusting glasses on his lap? I've like zoomed in and like looked for Loogie. Yeah. Uh, and I just like that it's low stakes and much talked about. It's really like just a perfect celebrity item for me. And there's footage. It definitely feels a little bit more fun than the slap too. Like the slap, the slap got really bummery really quickly just because the takes were horrendous. Like this is nice, low stakes for sure. No, I mean, I kind of use them interchangeably. Like, but I think of the slap, I just think of uh, comedians acting like, theaters like oh yeah i mean chris rock just said like two days ago that he thought will smith was quote secretly ugly and he's just pretending to be beautiful for 30 years isn't that like (laughs) like get over it it's been six months like you need to like see that's like that is patty that is perfect that is low stakes these men will be famous no matter how this Mm -hmm. like they both have careers yeah i mean it seems like it's been disproven that the spitting actually happened. And Chris Pine's PR representatives sent out a very like joyless, humorless statement that was like, our client was not spit on. Like Harry would never do such a thing. If Chris was actually spit on, he would have retaliated. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. And like, he's macho with that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> it, so... That was my first reaction was like, why does he look like, like a real estate agent in like the Hunger Games? Yeah. <laughs> Someone said he looked like Clea Duvall, which really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, he, he's always had sort of like a pop pop meets like Susie Orman kind of penchant for these like big <laughs> bulky pants and flowy jackets. But like when he doesn't have the beard and the hair is kind of like in like the flip bob it is um it's it's giving a scooch of lesbianism i get that and like harry also had a dumb suit on and like i don't know i i was just thinking of carson cressley styling them both like it was very like (laughs) yeah they're connected with like a big dumb collar with like just matchy matchy i don't know he his outfits were a little less offensive than they've been like we've talked almost every week I think for the past six weeks in some fashion about Harry being just like the worst dressed celebrity and like just offensive in every sensibility he has right now but like this week he was dressing okay but I cannot think of a celebrity that's done more damage to his reputation in 48 hours besides Will Smith and Chris Rock than Harry Styles I see that. For me, I'm like, I don't know, by all means, like, be gay, baby, be, be queer, baby, be Nick Jonas, but, like, it, I don't know, don't act like this isn't a team making these decisions. You're not some, like, eccentric David Bowie who, like, came up with, like, showing midriff, like, on a yeah. And I'm going to say the same about, like, Timothy Chalamet, how, like, 
you just dressed recently. I hated that. <laughs> so, I mean, it was not aesthetically pleasing, let's say, but I find it yeah, so much more charming because Timothy Chalamet is not queer baiting. He's just like a fashion twink, which is different. Okay. Which is Harry, Harry Styles, like, the fundamental issue for me is that he is fashioning himself as this, like, arbiter of the queer community. Okay. While not, uh, like, not being queer. Like, he's not gay or queer in any way, shape, or form. And it's just crazy that he, like, he's, like, suddenly talking about, like, how gay sex needs to be more tender. And then that, like, now he's, like, speaking on other issues like cinema and streaming. And it's, uh, he just sounds like a dumbass. Just like a real good, like, main character in their own story. Like, yeah. This like is also... Had, I feel oh, like no, he saw ahead. Bad Bunny kiss at the VMAs and he was like, I'm going to kiss Nick Kroll even though he's ugly. But, like, maybe that means I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, but the difference, though, is that... And I mean this in the nicest way possible and the least generalist way possible. Backup dancers are gay. Nick Kroll is not gay. <laughs> oh, there's that too, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, when two straight guys kiss, it's, like, it's, it's humor. It's, com- it's comedy. It's, uh, like, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. When Bad yeah, no, Bunny exactly. kisses a backup dancer, it's subversive. I mean, it's probably, probably queer baiting still, but it's, like, at least more grounded. I get that. No, it's very, like, 2003, where it's, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I could I could watch Dude Smooch in so many better ways. Exactly. I mean, we ha- we have so many resources <laughs> now. Just I mean, yeah. every third post on Twitter is Dude Smooching. Like just go oh, you there. can Google it. It's like out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's here to stay. This is the first episode we've recorded um, since the like f- Miss Flow Shia LaBeouf receipts of it all happened. Like, do you have what? What do you feel about Olivia Wilde right now? Um, so knowing that I was going to be on your podcast, I did have to do some Googling to make sure like I had my Olivia's lined up. Uh, cause I remember when I was first reading the headline about her and Harry, I was like, wait, but I thought John Mulaney already ruined a marriage. Uh, yeah. just in terms of my cultural literacy on the topic. Uh, so I'm kind of repeating what I saw in like Harper's Bazaar or whatever. Uh, but it just sounds like, I don't know, Olivia Wilde uh didn't have a full control of the set maybe i'm also not i'm paraphrasing but her way out is like radical positivity and anything that was turbulent like no they were such a gift i had all these voices of a generation working with me like just that kind of flowery poets and geniuses sort of talk but you can't like lie about it like you can say all this stuff about like creating a culture of positivity and having a no asshole set. Like everyone wants a no asshole set, but like then you get undermined by the said asshole providing receipts that you're like enabling the asshole. Right. I'm not including the Shia LaBeouf dirtbagness of too. Like yeah, like, he has and, nowhere to go, so why not like get a tabloid story? I feel like yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone's waiting for his return, like, except maybe Olivia Wilde, for all we know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like they're pretty chummy, but I don't know. It's very, it's all very, like, odd, but this is definitely the nicest, nice is a weird word, but, like, this is a Hollywood scandal slash fiasco 
that feels fun and not dark because I'm trying to think like we've had the slap which was like a little dark and got not super fun after a few days to me at least and then before that like Harvey Weinstein I I don't know we've been like starved for like fun drama I get that it yeah it is just fun drama at like what's the thing that can happen is the the movie tanks I feel like I've never heard more about a movie thanks to like yeah behind the scenes because everyone feels like they have insider knowledge even though it's like in the middle of a magazine it's not too um like it, it I don't think it's gonna flop because the Harry Styles fan base is going to see this in droves but I don't I mean the reviews are out and most of them are kind of like lukewarm like it's not an outright disaster of a movie but it's also not good so I've only mm. seen below average to appalling like feedback so far uh, but I don't know I'm literally also I, I need to like remind myself I'm just repeating other people like yeah they're like consensus can absolutely form but it's like I've seen like two or three like mean tweets and like maybe one genuinely bad review yeah I mean it, it'll be out in two weeks too and I'm sure on this podcast we will be circling back um and actually reviewing it you know perform an autopsy and I don't want to I mean this is just my prognostication I feel like I'm gonna like the movie too because I <laughs> because I really like um 60s things sci-fi thrillery kind of things in mediocre sci-fi thrillers within that subcategory I always will find it enjoyable even if it's like not great so I don't know I rewatched the trailer today and just reading up on Olivia Wilde not mine uh she's like a big thing about the movie is only women orgasm in it no men orgasm so I feel gonna be some like thinly veiled like message about I don't know I'm not even gonna like editorialize what she's going for can I ask you a question though how many movies have you seen where men are orgasming I feel like it's like that's a weird yeah I guess there's a spectrum but I'm like male pleasure is not I feel like it's not as common as she seems to think it is. I mean, it's usually, I don't know, when you see sex in movies, it's like foreplay and then they cut to. Maybe you see like a butt crack, a boob. I don't yeah. know. But, but yeah. I don't know. When you say like male orgasming, I'm like choosing my language here, but I'm like I'm trying to think of like. I mean, no one's like shooting mainstream loads on film. Yeah. <laughs> mainstream nut shots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we 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 haven't seen many of those, if any, except um, like girls is uh, the only thing I can think of. Where something I've about Mary, seen. Uh, if that counts. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it it definitely counts. It's just not like a. It's not what it's I, not a sexual I, representation. It's not like erotic. Correct. Unless, I mean, some people probably think it is. But no, like, I mean, someone's into it. I'm not gonna... No freaks on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> someone that. have fun with that. I oh my down. god. 
Um, How okay. Did we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I think we have to move on to the next topic, though. Okay. Um, big day for the culture. Uh, Bjork's yeah. new song. Are you ringing the alarm? Oh, I'll ring the alarm. Yeah, I listened to it like two or three times today. Uh, my relationship with Bjork. I've listened to her a lot in high school, and I kind of like Volta was the album I listened to the most. I don't know, like how deep you go on like the Bjork catalog. Yeah, I go pretty uh, deep. Okay, like my rule of thumb with a pop star, and obviously she's more than a pop star, uh, is like if you have more than five songs that like I could put on a playlist, like I would die for you. And like, she's got yeah. maybe 10, 15 that like I have on deck. Uh, like Volta's the only album I know in its entirety, but like leading up to it, I knew maybe like two or three songs off of each album. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, obviously I've fallen off since then, uh, but the new song, like it sounds just like Earth Intruders. It's like the knife. It sounds like yeah, yeah. It, it it's exactly what I want it to be, but it's also I'm not surprised. It's not a new sound, but it's definitely scratching like what the itch that I want to hear when I would put Bjork on. No, one hundred percent. Like I think the Volta comparison is very apt. Volta is my least favorite album of hers, actually. And I just think, it, I mean, it's just not as like tight as some of her other ones. Like it's not bad at all. I, I think it's actually a really good album. I think all Bjork albums are like pretty good. Oh yeah, there's but, no flops, but no. I think it also just has to do with how old I was at the time. Like that was freshman no. year for me. So I'm like, I'm cool. I like Bjork. Well, <laughs> that was also my gateway Bjork album too, because that album was executive produced by Timbaland, and I was a yeah. ginormous Timbaland fan at the time, like coming mm -hmm. off of his like future sex love song or love sounds and like loose era into mm -hmm. Volta, like crazy pivot. It, I mean, I, a lot of that stuff on that album works pretty well. Um, I definitely thought this sounded like a Volta song, like nothing that we haven't really heard from her before, but it was like good. Oh, yeah, no, it's like you're still like cool girl in the forest um so okay that's what i wanted to ask you about like, mostly is the music video did you watch oh, it okay. oh absolutely that's i mean okay. the only way to watch it i think i agree streaming. like it sounds a lot better with the music video but i think the music video is like goofy as fuck oh absolutely it's it's literal mushrooms and theoretically mushrooms it's <laughs> are mushrooms basic that's a good question. Um, okay. We're talking about the substance. Are we talking about the ingredient? I think just the aesthetic? plant. Cause like a lot of the concept behind this album seems to be like, she's fascinated by mushrooms and their neural networks and how mushrooms can communicate with each other through like clustered neural networks. And that's supposed to be her allegory for finding community during COVID. This is her COVID album, which I'm not like thrilled about, but. I didn't, uh, know we're still making COVID albums. I figured they'd be done by now. Uh, she just works. <laughs> whatever, slow. she's She can work at her own pace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Like, to be, like, a basic gay dude on a podcast, I'm like, Willow Pill just did a mushroom look. Uh, mm -hmm. Like. That was, like, sort of cool, though. That's my because, first like, thought in terms of, like, I've seen, like, mystical mushroom, like, recently this year. Uh, maybe it's just because I always think about it 
within the context of Alice in Wonderland, which I've said mm-hmm. many times on this podcast is an overdone concept in pop music. Like we don't need more of that. And Mushrooms just feels like a broader scope thing. And she's already done like flora and fauna themed albums with Volta and Biophilia, which is just like Volta part two. So mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it is like you're... Yeah. She's back in nature. Uh, she's not like making concept music videos that can only be played on iPads or whatever. Like she did. A, like, yeah. That's what made me fall off after Volta because I was just like, I don't have an iPad. I don't know how to like enjoy you. Because I know she was just like pushing weird technology, like choices. She loves kind of gimmicky things, um, mm. which is not a bad thing in pop music. Oh, no. like, so many people have gimmicks. Not bad, but like this definitely feels it feels like a back to basics for her in a way that like i i like the song a lot so i'm not going to complain about it but oh, i'm interested in hearing the rest of the album yeah i don't know if it's like the single and then everything's a slow like i don't know she she has such variety of tempo she's not like she does slow and introspective but she also like can make you move your ass well and, yeah i mean she she loves the radio music. like her early yeah. albums are all like straight up like pop club albums with like mm-hmm. I mean weird twists but like they're very like like formal pop albums but also at the same time like I'm never gonna hear it at like a bar like you I feel like I only hear Bjork on like a playlist that I made I've never yeah or it's like, not like in public it's in not general. boys town music that's for sure yeah that's like derogatory that's filter to say it doesn't apply to <laughs> yeah um i i'm definitely excited for the rest of the album though um what was my i had one last thought about oh bass clarinets are cool oh That's yeah my, yeah <laughs> last heavily featured yeah yeah um very a sound i was not expecting but was pleasantly surprised to hear it also reminded me a lot of uh the last album bowie did before he died like, oh yeah black star it's very like yeah yeah it's very otherworldly and like you can kind of project whatever you want onto it um, yeah you could be optimistic or pessimistic about humanity like however you want to look into the naturalism of it this her last few albums have been very pessimistic so hearing lyrics like hope is a muscle is that is a, at least a change like i like it when she like really exalts in like natural beauty and just like i mean like a lot of her like love songs from the 90s are like I think some of the best songs ever recorded. So very, if we get more kind of like positive vibes, I'm happy about that. Okay, we have one last topic here. Um, I'm really sorry for giving you such a basic thing here, but I realized I didn't do it last year. And this is the first podcast episode of unofficial fall, i.e. September. Okay. Pumpkin spice lattes. Are you ringing the alarm? Um. I'll be a good sport and ring the alarm. I'm sure there's something to investigate here. Um, Not for me, and by all means, you're allowed to love it. Um, But I don't know, I think it's very, like, it shouldn't be your personality. Like you've you've come up with it. You've had friends who've come up with it. Yeah. It's- It's everywhere now. Like, I, I don't, it's like making your personality like bacon. Or yeah. guacamole, avocado. Like I think guacamole is an even better example where it's like, this is my thing, even though 
Everyone cool. Is- you and 5 billion people, <laughs> like maybe not 5 billion, but like, that's like, it's not special anymore, but I was shocked by how many people were celebrating the return of pumpkin spice lattes in 2022. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I thought like, that's like making fun of, I don't know. I'm thinking like back in the day of like what that type was, where it was like, oh, wearing North Face and Uggs, like still do it. It's comfy. Yeah, it's comfy. And like a pumpkin. Archetype that like everyone's observed. Yeah. I'm not a big like pumpkin spice lattes person from a taste perspective, just because like super like, like sweet spiced stuff is not my bag usually like cinnamon candles like that kind of thing not my not Uh, my preference Um, I don't like a candle or a scent that smells like something you can eat that's kind of my rule of thumb when yeah what about like kind of like a citrus moment though like a, a clean lemon smell um dishes but like not my body not my airspace uh okay Okay, that's interesting to know. Um, yeah, I just, I don't want to smell like anything or like, if, it, if I'm smelling something I can eat, I want it to be because I'm cooking something that I can eat. Okay, I can get, I can get behind that. Like as a relatively recent scented candle devotee, like I think I'm just more used to like scents and flavors that are on the woodier side. And that mm. could be something fun for autumn, but like everything is so like, just like base level pumpkin spice. I get that. Even like this week, it was the return of uh, Rorty Rush videos where they all do choreographed dances. Yeah. I thought the internet would have like, I don't know. None of you have been made fun of for this yet. Like this is still just like your, your bubble is that strong. Like it's, and I feel like pumpkin spice aficionados are kind of like in the same camp of just, you've been mocked, you've stuck your neck out, uh, doubling down, by all means, I guess that's what real Maybe. do. I mean, uh, I guess you're like forged in fire at this point. Like you're a brave soldier for like being ridiculed and like castigated for your, you know, quote unquote basic tendencies. And you've, you're securing yourself. Maybe I've turned a corner. Maybe it's actually good to be like, I love bacon. I love avocado because you you at least know who you are. And that's nice. A lot of people don't have that luxury. I think that's beautiful. You, you learned some new information, thought about it, and you changed your mind. I think a lot of people can't do that. But what I will say, take that energy that you have for pumpkin spice lattes and transfer it to peppermint mochas. Because that, Whoa. if people, if that was like a big... Um, that was like a big cultural moment and everyone was like shitting themselves over peppermint mocha i would maybe be in that camp as someone who loves the combo of chocolate and peppermint huh yeah i'm not with you no i'm i'm not ringing the alarm on peppermint mochas i'm leaving it's not so i'm just picking a fight for no reason at all no there's no this is not a (laughs) this is not a podcast of peace we're here to have yeah our taste buds work a differently. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I've said on this podcast before, but like when it comes to coffee drinks, I either drink plain black mm-hmm. or the craziest thing on the menu. I get that. No in I'm between. Going for like a fall flavor. I, I'm a sucker for s'mores. I think that's just magic. There's s'mores there. or um, I like a maple latte. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
which is just a regular it's like a vanilla latte with like a different syrup pump i follow you no that that's acceptable in my mind yeah okay so here we go this is a piece (laughs) and a chord like we yeah no like that was a ride yeah okay uh we have to take a quick break but we will be right back and we are back let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency grant what are you rushing to the er today um it's a bit of a bummer subject uh and i'm going to show my hand and reveal that i'm 33 years old uh but i feel like gotten too old and maybe too cool for dad rock that like i enjoyed in the year like 2006 2007 uh Mm. a cool indie band that has had a big album that year has just been thoroughly disappointing as of late yeah Um, arcade fire i'm kind of getting them out of my system like pitchfork doesn't like interpol anymore uh it's just been like a bad time to have a baggy sweater uh, and like a bad Connor Rovers haircut. It's also disappointing to um, to categorize all this as dad rock, even though I kind of know that that is like this generation of dads, like that is their rock. So it makes Young sense. Dad rock, but like yeah. this, but this is also like we're not that far off in age. Like this is like really formative um, alt and indie rock for people in our kind of like internet generation. And it's just, a yeah, it's a bummer to see everyone kind of like both age out of relevance and like shoot themselves in the foot out of relevance. Living like, uh, obviously there's all the awful news that came out about Arcade Fire in the past like week or two. But like, in addition to that, like even the new album when it came out this year, I was like, oh, I don't care. Like, yeah. Like, oh, this actually isn't cool. Uh, like the same thing happened with like yeah 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 has released a new music video this year and I was just like I'd rather just listen to maps and stay in my lane like it, it's just a weird like, I'll disagree with you on that I think oh, the, okay. two I'll, new, I'll, I'll, the two <laughs> new yeah 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 songs I really enjoy and I'm excited for the new album when it comes out and I think it's a maybe next week or the week after it's like coming up actually Okay, I guess I gave you a bunch of artists to sink in and I'm using like the same paintbrush to paint them all, but it's just a weird like, wow, 33-year-old Grant and 16-year-old Grant like really don't see eye to eye these days. Well, if I told you that there was a new Animal Collective album this year, would you believe me? I would, and I'll even admit, like I tried to listen to Meriwether Post Pavilion and uh, the one that came out right before, Strawberry Jam, and like, I didn't like them and I loved them in college. Like, I just, uh, I, I felt like, to keep you using comparisons, like I felt like I was shopping at Urban Outfitters and like, I just, I don't shop at Urban Outfitters anymore. Yeah, that that's a band that's just always kind of eluded me in general, but I don't know. That was I mean, just like I, one of those like bands to name drop freshman year of college where it's like, hey, did you know vinyls sound better than MP3s? I yeah. Collective on vinyl, like just very, it's like cardigan mm-hmm. rock. I was always way more of like a grizzly bear guy out of I feel like those two bands always got pitted against each other for whatever reason because I think they were like big indie bands that got put in commercials totally well even like one of everyone in pan and everyone in animal 
collective has a stage name and like one of them goes by Panda Bear. Like, yeah. Well, I think like, the oh, Panda Bear of it all is like kind of an interesting microcosm. Like a few weeks ago, um, the music writer Larry Fitzmorris came on the podcast and he basically right before he recorded Crisis Twink with me, um, he interviewed Panda Bear for his very good newsletter last stone of the night which everyone should go check out um the panda bear kind of sounded um like an old dumbass <laughs> like for that is so I think that's kind of how say. i'm reacting to like a lot of this like yeah like the, he released like a very good album i it's been like two or three weeks now like i i saw an album that i think is like genuinely very good and like Oh, and I'm like the demographic to hear about it. And this is my first yeah. time. Because I just liked person pitch back in the day. Like, well, just, I mean, like the pitchfork and that kind of like media machine just isn't what it once was. Um, and there, it's just not the kind of thing that they get excited about anymore. But like all of the comments in this interview he did with Larry were about how like online culture is so toxic and cancel culture is so toxic. Uh, and I'm like, you really are like, you just sound like this like 45 year old who like doesn't really understand. I mean, I tune out the second mm-hmm. you cancel culture. I know. And I think that's what he was trying to say too. But at the same time, like, I mean, he he referenced it within the lens of Ariel Pink, who is another oh, okay, yeah. big no. fave of mine from like the, I will just call it the dad rock era for like mm-hmm. simplicity's sake. Like, huge fave that obviously got very explicitly shut down for um <laughs> being an insurrectionist yeah. these are all like bad men at the root of this and they're all men that could get away with what they've gotten away with because they're dudes with like, yeah status. uh but it is just like uh like i was talking about yeah yeah yes they're relevant and fine because like there's no like megalomaniac at the center of the band to like use no. them for evil and like they also went away for long enough that there's sort of a nostalgic effect to like getting to hear new music for them again like there's there's an element of like rediscovery that i think people like and like discovery is such an element to what makes music so fun to engage with and what makes like new music so exciting like the thrill of finding it for the first time and being like whoa like this is so cool i'm in love with this no, and a lot of these bands do the same thing over and over again like arcade fire the new album was like fine but it was like i mean i didn't even listen to it and like i was such a bit like if i did one of those like teenage dirtbag like montages of myself there would absolutely be a picture of me with an arcade fire t-shirt like, yeah i love them during like their peak funeral days and it's like I just didn't care. I like listened to the first new song and I'm like, this isn't anything new. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the brother quit the band for a reason at the right time. Maybe like he knew this was going to explode. I, I, that's, I like, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory with this, but that's definitely what I think too. Like, um, cause he's also in academia in some way. And I think he just, he has like a whole other career that he's like trying to tend to. So yeah, very very odd situation like i've never exalted win butler like the reason i love arcade fire is just like they 
or like have loved a lot of their music in the past is because they have like such a great sense of scope and maximalism and like they just make like really good stadium rock and yeah, it's not because like of wind songs, that I like that. Yeah. yeah he's not himself like one of the great front men in rock history so like Right, I don't know. more collective than like individuals that stick out. If anything, like maybe Regine would like be your star of the group. Like, yeah, I mean, she's she's, but even she's like, I don't know. She's in a weird position because it's like stand by your man, I guess, or whatever. But it's also like you release this crazy, like kind of invalidating statement, and I, I don't know. Not you also situation. didn't have to say anything. You could have just, I don't know. Well, did you see what Feist said about? I knew she gave up on the tour and donated all the proceeds to, I think, women's shelters. Um, yeah, I'm not going to parrot, like, exactly what she said, but everyone go to her Instagram, because, like, if you're looking for a way, if if you're looking for, like, a good celebrity, like, apology, not that she needed to necessarily apologize for anything with this, because, like, she didn't know any, any of this was going to happen, but, mm-hmm. like, it was just such a good, nuanced statement, um about a very complicated situation and like I I just it made me really like her all over again too because she's just such a good writer in all senses of the word even I don't even know what I'm getting at Uh, there's like it's easy to I'm just like I have no need to listen to them for the next 10 years I I don't know a lot I don't need to like them anytime I'll put on broken social scene instead for like a little bit like if I need that sound it... didn't that main guy do something though oh fuck did he <laughs> no mm, all right let's look I don't want to be I, I don't want to be crazy about this I think he's like QAnon or something oh uh, okay well I could uh-huh. I could learn something right in front of you here <laughs> let's look Broken social scene controversy. This is not fun to Google on pod, but like Kevin I just Drew's need the guy if you're trying to like narrow it down. Uh okay, I couldn't find anything right now. So let's let's okay. um maybe I'm wrong. Maybe let maybe, maybe I maybe I'm wrong and maybe I mixed too. up something. Um it's just not that tough to kill a fade, but it is just I don't know. Yeah. But be like, wow, even you're awful. <laughs> It's funny you mention um, Interpol too, because they, I mean, they, they, I don't, I've really only liked like two of their albums really, but. Oh, as everyone, yeah. Antics and Turn on the Bright Lights. Yeah. And it is so funny how Pitchfork is like completely, like retroactively, like I, I hate this like weird retroactive, like shellacking they've given them, given them by like, downgrading turn on the bright lights is perfect score to like an eight or something i'm like stand by your score a and b those are great albums like i just i it no feels like punching down do yeah like, we get it they're never gonna headline your festival ever again but like there's no yeah it was weird i get that they were like cool we hired some gay people on staff and now we like charlie xcx but like and maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but you know what I, I mean, mean it's not making mistakes. But we're like, not trying to like invalidate new music either. Like people yeah. who listen to this podcast know that like the guests and I are constantly championing new stuff. Like uh, music just trends cycle through and 
the way co media coverage has gotten around music is like very different than it was 10 years ago. And I think it's good that a lot of these like identical white man rock bands are getting a little shunted to the background just because there's just so much other good music out there. Like Pitchfork was very homogenized for a long time and that's something to critique. But like Interpol is just this weird avatar for like the flaws of that era in a way that I'm like, this this is not the right band to pick on here. Oh, totally. I get that. It's it's just a weird reflection of like, wow, I, I memorized every song to that album in high school. Now I should never listen to it again. <laughs> like, Which is, what's good well, is that doing warning even Because like, I don't know, an asshole's an asshole and why bother like listening to an asshole consciously? Um, I, I will say like, this though. Um, recently, I don't remember who tweeted this, but like some music writer went viral a, a week ago um, for reporting live from some concert in which Spoon was opening for Interpol. Mm -hmm. And that should definitely, to me, be the other way around. I'd agree with that. I feel like they both need each other. Like, I'm not going to expect either of them to sell something. Or, I don't know. Spoon fucking rocks. I'm sorry. Like, Spoon released a great album this year. Like, uh, they're, okay. they're making great stuff. I'll let you be the spoon expert then. I, I th I'm thinking of like their singles at like the era that I'm referring to. Um, oh my gosh. I, um, in 2014, I went to the Hopscotch Festival in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. And I saw St. Vincent off of self-titled album, Open mm. for Spoon, Transcendent Concert. Ugh. I'm thinking about her. No, it's like, yeah, there's just better people to listen to if you want big noise. Yeah, exactly. That night was interesting, though. I mean, talk about, like, dad rock icons shooting themselves in the foot. The night I went to that show was the same night that on another stage at Hopscotch, Sun Kill Moon effectively, oh, like, that, yeah, that he, like, canceled himself. And I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was, like, really rude to, like, female members of the audience or something and then it came out that he has like a lot of sexual assault allegations against him too well, i've never liked his stuff yeah no he never he literally had an album of like mopey modest mouse covers that i liked and it's as exciting as it sounds in the year 2022 uh this was like a blank cd i had in high school <laughs> yeah there is like not much difference if you really think about it between Sun Kill Moon and Randy Newman. And that is my like <laughs> fundamental just like barrier to entry. And I'm sure Randy Newman has made some great music, but he is like Pixar cartoon man to me. And I just can't really unsee But that. even in terms of like who connects and stays relevant, like over the weekend I was taking the red line and there was a Lumineers concert in town. Yeah. And like, there was just an army of like, high school girls like in their best like festival wear like waiting for the train and I even had to look it up to be like who's here like not many of the people wear this much of a uniform and it was just like what makes people like Lumineers and not like Arcade Fire and I think it's just like whether or not you could be in a car commercial like they haven't made Wake Up in a while like yeah maybe it's also like I do think that mm, I want to phrase this in a nice way like it's not that people don't read. I think people just, most people do not have like a fundamental curiosity to go seek out new music. 
And like, we are obviously different in that way. And I mean, like blogs and like the internet, I think were really important in like how we like develop musical taste. And I'm not sure that like, if people are just relying on Spotify or Apple Music curation to provide that element of discovery, like, they're definitely not hearing things like Arcade Fire, like, and they are hearing things like Lumineers or, like, I don't know, Mumford & Sons, like, solo projects. Like, that's kind of the vibe, I think. Yeah, no, and, like, I just, I feel like those are under the same umbrella, but, like, clearly one is working more than the other. And, like, the thing that I've, like, boiled it down to is, like, are can you be used in a Jeep commercial? Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that is kind of the barometer for mainstream rock music right now. I mean, I was before, like in prepping for this episode, I was trying to think of like who the biggest actual rock band is in the world right now. And all I could come up with was like Imagine Dragons. Harry Styles to like go full circle. Like he did what five nights in madison square garden or something yeah but that is that rock music like he's not no, playing it's not his own rock. okay we we're gonna like, separate genres uh like i i'm thinking mostly in like band culture terms right now like we don't really have like big mass appealed bands like we we when we were hanging out the other night we watched like 1975 videos like that's close maybe maybe but, like, I have a tough time gauging how big they actually are. I mean, for reference, I didn't put those on. Like, I, they're not on my radar. Like, yeah. I don't get into my demo. Mm-hmm. But like, like, my first reaction was, like, oh, I, I guess LCD Sound System because they're making music again. And, like... Yeah. And they're playing they're, the garden, but I don't think they're, like, selling out. I, I don't know. I think if they out. came to Chicago, I don't know who, where they would play. Oh, uh, they would play at, like, the Riv, and they would sell out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I think they were there last time. Uh, again, like uh, a rock band from 2007 that has like one specific figure that everyone like gravitates towards. And yeah. like, if James Murphy's having a bad day, everyone will not enjoy that concert. And I know like, he's thrown tantrums before too. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who like just has a very public reputation for being an asshole at this point. Like mm-hmm. there was something that came out last year about how dfa records essentially dissolved because like he was just kind of a shitty label boss like nothing like untoward or improper just like some people are not built for running labels and it didn't sound like he was no i get that when artists want to be the manager too and it's like no stay in your lane like yeah like i don't know i mean and that that is like such an old school mentality too like these like front men are like these like indie rock guys who like come up in the scene and then think they can do it when it's like and then you can't like jack i would talk about dad rock like jack white's kind of the same way oh yeah third man i mean they've put out some good music since their founding or whatever but like jack white's not making anything good yeah i don't think of him as a kingmaker by any means or like no uh, like if he's gonna own a record label, like I can't name anyone off of Third Man besides, or actually never mind. I like Lola Kirk a lot. Uh, yeah, that Lola, and I've said it before on this podcast. That track, Lola yeah. Kirk album is so good, and like people. It's really one of my top albums of the year. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Uh, segue, but yeah, it's like I don't. 
Jack White dyed his hair blue and like, I don't know what else he's like done besides like look cranky at Cubs games. Um, yeah, it's, and his like, um that whole like Nashville sphere, like we talked a little bit about like the, the Patrick Carney Black Keys, like, oh, kerfuffle recently. Like, kerfuffle, that's a that's an, that's another, um, yeah, no, that's, that's totally another band like, that what like, I want to bemoan. Like, yeah. Like, I know Julian Casablancas threw a big tantrum at, like, some Strokes festivals they were headlining in Glasgow, like. Yeah, Connor Oberst has been behaving pretty erratically for a few months now on tour for, like, whatever, like, Bright Eyes, like, 20-year retrospective they've been going on, like. No, that was, um, that was my high school album. I think that's, like, where we're landing on. Um, yeah. Everything from high school sucks now is, I think, what I'm bemoaning. Well, that, I mean, that was me with Black Keys. Like, Brothers mm-hmm. was one of the big albums of my, like, uh, like mi- I guess, mid-high school experience. And, like, mm-hmm. they've just made the same thing over and over and over again. Started their own vanity label imprint and now are, like, tabloid figures, kind of, in a way that's, like, why are we doing this? Are you a big Arctic Monkeys guy? Uh, I should be, but I really know the singles. Okay. Uh, such a crush on the lead singer growing up but like again like so hot alex i don't know his last name i remember like turner i remember like bringing a picture of him but like getting my hair cut and being like make me look like this guy i'm not gay yet but i just want to look like (laughs) he looks ageless too like they just released a new they have a new album coming out for the first time in like i think four years in mid-october and he has looked the exact same for 20 years it's truly remarkable but like i i, I mean they're there's someone i think they're in the yeah yeah yeah's camp of like they have these big radio hits and singles have like kind of more mass appeal but also have been gone for a long time and like people are just kind of ready to like stand no i get that like go through the old albums all over again like when the yeah 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 song came out i was like oh i'm gonna listen to fever to tell i listened to that once a year and now's the time to listen to it this year yeah they're also just like i think those kinds of bands are a little gayer too like not to be reductive because i mean yeah 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 is like especially it's blitz is like kind of a formative queer album for a lot of people because I mean, it is Terano like, literally just does drag like yeah way- Forms. I mean it's very glam and like that that album is super dance poppy like it's just like a slightly crunchier version in a lot of ways of like what Lady Gaga was doing around that time and I mean that in a very positive way but it's not like that Even, like, far the off yeah no I get that and, I can like, see the inspiration there the Alex Turner like Arctic Monkeys all those singles like he just is very like androgynous queer and like he was so big on tumblr um well on, he like, could do the james dean thing where he could, like look down and then look up and you melt like yeah and like talk and, about and, queer baiting like he was always like making out with other people on stage and like mm-hmm. doing all these things like there it, there is that sort of built-in appeal that I think, like, if gay people stand you, I think you can coast on that goodwill for a long time. What Harry Styles is trying to do, yeah, but yeah, he, maybe. but like with less, I keep like, bringing him up for no fucking reason. <laughs> no, because like he's on everyone's mind right now. Like he is yeah. arguably the dominant male celebrity in our culture right now, which is, I'm not sure if that's necessarily a good thing, but he is an interesting locus for all these. 
ideas around identity and whether like the music actually matters and like just streaming economy stuff like it's all very like he is kind of the embodiment of I mean kind of where culture's at in 2022 sort of no, I agree with that. And I also think like, I think we could do better, but also I don't know who to offer you at the moment. I would love us to do better. You know who, I mean, I think the best male pop star we have going on right now is The Weeknd, who is also weirdly okay. sort of dad rock. But if your dad does like a shit ton of cocaine and was like, I mean, cause he's been around Let's since like, about the oh, you're going to talk about like, who's having <laughs> <a coke> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, for him, I listened to, like, his first two EPs, and then I never really, like, stuck around. But I know, like, he hits notes people can't hit. So, like, by all means, make him a billionaire. We need more of those. His last album, I think he would really enjoy. Just because it's mm. it's sort of, it's a mix between those first two EPs and, like, sort of the more 80s-influenced dance pop that he's been doing for the past, I think, two or three albums now. Mm. Um but it's executive produced by One Tricks Point Never, who, if people listening are not familiar, is like a very influential underground electronic musician, has worked with like Aphex Twin and a bunch of other cool people. Like, it's mm-hmm. a really cool album. Um, and one that I think I kind of slept on this year, but um, there's yeah, I feel one- like he the Super Bowl and people like stopped really talking about him. Like, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, he doesn't have a lot of charisma as a performer, Former. the music's just really good which it's kind of like a Dua Lipa situation where like there's not a lot of there there um <laughs> okay. but like are she's they're both really good like curators of kind of the vibes they want to put out like the soundscapes they want to put out like it's very well thought out or like, like a well my first impression of the weekend was like you do like sexy Susie and the Banshee covers this is cool yeah and that is cool. Like it's yeah. maybe what we need is more like sexy or just like subversive reinterpretation of like dad rock staples to get them cool again. Like someone needs to like go in and do like artsy strokes covers or something to like get that era like juiced up again and maybe things will get better from there I don't know well even in terms of like reinvention and whatnot like it's not a novel thing to say that emo is having a big era like in the past few years and it's like yeah emo led into all this New York 2000s rock that like we're describing here yeah I don't know if everything's popular that was exactly 20 years ago like this is theoretically what's on the cusp and I just don't know what it looks like in a 2022, 2023, like, palette. I don't know how to, like, make Radiohead sound cool on TikTok. (laughs) Like, I mean, if people can make Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus sound good on TikTok, Mm -hmm. like, I think anything is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, We, there's one big band that we have not mentioned out of all the bands. Um, Maybe my favorite band, period, Vampire okay. Weekend. Uh, How have we, um, where do we think culturally we are with them right now? Like, I think they could maybe avoid the, like, pitfalls and, like, just the irrelevancy that everyone else seems to have. But I mean, I'm admittedly kind of a casual fan, but it's like, oh, I'll hear a song and I'll, like, tap. But, uh, but I can name maybe like two or three singles. Yeah. 
but I get the broad appeal. Like I kind of use them in Arctic Monkeys interchangeably in terms of, uh, oh, I mean, mm. make a face at me. I know that that's a- Oh, oh don't make me. I, I have pursed my lips yeah. like a Birkin. It's not- um, Oh yeah, visual medium that we're using. Uh, it's <laughs> just here, I, I love Arctic Monkeys, but like to compare those two feels very, um, no, I don't I'm know. Complete pool. Yeah, I'm speaking to my palate and like how I've consumed them. I, okay. I three okay. or four of each of their songs. I don't know who released an album more recently. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, you you found a blind spot there, even though uh, I know how the name could be brought up as well. I um, th- I that is just it's very interesting to me to go through that entire era and make it out without like even an unwanted deep dive into Vampire Weekend. I think it's, I mean, I love them so much and they're such a formative band for me, but like it just felt, they feel like arcade fire level significance, significant mm-hmm. within like, I just like that era's like big music discourse. Oh, I get that. And I mean, admittedly, like at the time when like Contra was out, I feel like that's when they were at their biggest, like yeah. um, wearing all black in college. And I was like, this is too pretty for me. Like that was kind of where my brain was at at the time. Okay. I can kind of get behind that. Like they were like, well, I think Arcade Fire and Vampire Weekend are both like nerdy dorky in totally. certain ways. Like the like forest fairy arcade fire vibes versus or just like dancing around a bonfire kind of shit versus like college campus dweebs like Mm -hmm. they're different but it's kind of like two flavors of nerd it's weird that i like one and don't have a lot of experience with the other uh even though there's i I think they could be used in the same sentence pretty easily i get how you like got there yeah when did their last album come out uh 2019 oh okay so like so they're like due for a new one soon too so hopefully hopefully that comes out because i really i mean like i'm a homer so i'm not going to be objective about it i thought their last album was actually their best one so very Mm. excited for the new one okay i think we need to move on to our final segment um grant we're going to play tear the community apart okay so the rules of this are very simple. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. Okay. So I've picked two songs from kind of the peak of the like pitchfork dad rock era. Both of them are kind of in the same vein of like New York influence, like emo meets new wave influence, like sad boy music. Okay, to me, me. Oh. to huh oh i said i'm like try me i'm like i'm already ready (laughs) to me these are two 10 out of 10 so this is gonna be a tough choice which song is better slow hands by interpol or banquet by block party Ooh, i get how you could like put those next to each other uh you don't no i do get how oh oh, oh, okay i was gonna say that uh, no, those are both like the best songs on the albums that they came out on. Uh, I have heard DJs fade these two songs together in, in like in a mix before, and it like it gets the people going. <laughs> like both of these songs like have like a crazy amount of cultural reach. You know, I'm singing them back to back in my head. And I'm like, um, it's also weird because 
being a product of the media I consume, like Pitchfork makes you not want to like Interpol these days because you do want to admit like they haven't made a good album since what, 2005? Yeah. <laughs> and on, I mean, same with Block Party. Honestly. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they're yeah. Silent Alarm and that's pretty much it. I think they still tour Silent Alarm. Yeah, that's it. That's literally it, I think. Yeah. But I think the lead singer is having like a big gay comeback because he like, I know there was like some stories about him in the past few years. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he makes music pretty consistently. I think there's a new Block Party album too. It just didn't make much noise. There's also a new Interpol album too from this year that like didn't make any noise whatsoever. So I mean, but that's not anything new. That's kind of their thing now. Yeah tens from like random people <laughs> yeah uh okay if i have to pick i will go with i'll go with banquet because in on the spectrum of having multiple songs that a uh, black party has less songs that i like so it's like a real like it's a gem if you like silent alarm even though it's the single like that is objectively the best song on that album like no it's way. definitely the only one that I could hum apropos of nothing off yeah. of that album, which is an album that is like pretty good. I haven't listened to it in a long time. But. There are like two other ones I liked a lot, but I, here I am not coming up with them. But yeah. I feel like if anyone has a Black Party song on a playlist in the year 2022, it's Banquet. Like there's no other song to really acknowledge. Yeah. Like uh, you could go with Slow Hands, you could do Obstacle One, you could do like, uh, there's like, more moody things that could show up at a Netflix special that like Interpool could like have on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, so I think my rationale is like best work. Uh, I think objectively Banquet is Block Party's best work. I, I think you could argue a few different Interpool songs, but maybe that's just because I know that band better. Okay. I think I can get behind you on that one. Like it, Interpool definitely has like more of a, they definitely have more of an impact, I think. Mm-hmm. My favorite song on that album is Evil. Uh, so yeah, great, great. I pick my favorite one, so why would I go with... I almost picked Evil for this because I was kind of surprised. Like, Evil is their most streamed song on Spotify, which I would not have necessarily gotten just because I feel like slow hands for me, at least. But maybe this is just, like my upbringing like slow hands was always like the song off of antics but mm. i guess it has that actually does or i want to say evil was on like a movie soundtrack that's what i'm thinking of. that that would make sense um like it was evil on like, has a hun- soundtrack or something like that like that like made me feel cool in high school like, to bring well, i see 2004 the year and i think um i shudder to think it might be garden state Mm-mm. I would know that right away. And no, you're thinking of everything the Shins have ever done. It's like, well, that's, I know that's all Garden State stuff. And we didn't even uh, talk, I mean, the Shins are like totally irrelevant now, but like, I, I mean, I really enjoy the Shins. Like, if you had to. Shins were like a band I would talk shit about for no reason at all, just to like try in the sand and have opinion. Uh, yeah. But no, when I think of the Garden State soundtrack, I just think of Zach Braff and being a loser. I don't know. I, that, that movie and that soundtrack do not age well for me. I liked them in high school and I like tried them in college and I was like, oh God, this is annoying. Yeah. Like I, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, like archetype, like just done very, very poorly. They're definitely a band that like, they're just so tied to that era. And unfortunately that movie that it's like, totally. you can't really separate them. 
they do i mean the shins have great songs but like it is you like you see zach braff when you hear Mm -hmm. it which is not a nice thing to see like obviously fuck morrissey for a bunch of reasons but i feel that way about the smiths in 500 days of summer where it's like there's one iconic scene where like someone points out like do you know this band i like them because i'm a little interesting uh which is so crazy because like my, I, I mean, I grew up, both of my parents are ginormous Smiths fans, so I grew up with them, like, and they are objectively one of the most popular British bands of all time, like, to use that as, like, street cred or whatever, like, in a yeah. movie. Like, I, like I, at least the Shins were, like, sort of, un, not underground, but they were, like, pretty niche popular. Yeah, they just, like, made me feel cool as, like, a 16-year-old, even though I could buy their t-shirt at Hot Topic. Like, it's not that, you know. Yeah t-shirt at the time i'm gonna ask you one last question out of that whole dad rock era what do you think is the best song or the most defining song like which however you want to answer that um for me Mm -hmm. it's a basic answer but i literally listened to it i think with you on saturday like maps is just one of the best songs of all time yeah like I, i i I would venture to even find a better answer than that. Like, I, I think that is, I think that would be probably my answer too. Like the only other um, contenders that I could think of would be Wake Up by Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. Or, but I feel like that wasn't big at the time. It was really where the wild things are that made that come out. And they had already released like two albums before that. I guess, I guess you're right. I just, I hear that song and I just get taken to like a very specific place. So maybe that's, maybe that's, that's nostalgic goggles on. The other one though is Young Folks by Peter Bjorn and John. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, that, that fits in. I'm trying to even like pick something else that's in that stratosphere. Uh, Take Me Up by Franz Ferdinand also kind of in that bandwagon, but that was almost like way more popular than... I love Franz Ferdinand too. Those first two Franz Ferdinand albums are stone cold classics. And if people yeah. have not revisited those in a long time, like do yourself a, a big favor because they're excellent. Like truly I, mean, excellent. I remember Take Me Out and Float On by Modest Mouse came out the same week. And it was just, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> My mom bought seven- both of those albums at the same time and like on rotation, like, for an entire year of school, basically. Those were back to back. Uh, I wanted Float On to be my high school graduating song and I like rallied for it and like made a little campaign. And then our student body president said like, I don't care how popular it is. We're doing a Rascal Flat song I like. Yeah. Um, uh, I will, I didn't bring this up earlier. Um, yeah. A friend of the pod, Michael Eichner, who helped do supplemental research for this segment, um, did send me some Isaac Brock tea <laughs> um, okay isn't that the wolf parade guy right no he's the modest mouse lead singer oh, i don't know okay i don't know anything about wolf parade so like i don't i'm sorry if that like invalidates everything i've said on this podcast today but no wolf parade had like one album that they still tour that everyone liked in 2006 um that's a deep cut maybe so the modest mouse guy isaac brock i'm just gonna read this tweet from Mike Rothschild. Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse turns out to be extremely pilled, going deep into gang stalking, targeted individuals, 
touchless torture, voice to skull, mind control, and UFOs. It should be noted that many of these concepts have never been proven to exist. So I don't know what any of that means. I just like float on and uh, dashboard, which is a great song too. But um, I think that's I don't a know. pretty good bow tie on that all of these <sighs> fucked up white men are still fucked up white men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it could always go to a place of info wars. And I guess we just gotta be thankful that we have who we have enough to get into ufos i guess yeah um well what a nice bow tie thank you so much for being here this was a true delight and thank you for um especially for navigating a potentially bummer topic with at least some some levity and uh hopefully people will go listen to some of these bands and like revisit like the good times because there there were some good times from all those that's a that's a fun way to outro that. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. well, look, like, we, it was objectively good music at the time and impactful but it is still like no I could kill any fave I do yeah uh, what, yeah I, I just there has to be room for nuance in this discussion like Win Butler from all accounts is a shit head does that make those first three Arcade Fire albums not slap no it doesn't like those are great albums and like we can still appreciate those albums for what they are and still think that Wynn Butler is a shithead and we don't have to support them going forward yeah That's I also much. don't need to listen to them anytime soon maybe yeah. like someday I'll do it privately and not tell anyone uh yeah. they're attached and not to like psychologize but like I mean a lot of this bad behavior or like truly irrelevant behavior starts when the music starts getting bad i don't know if that's same sad list for like a decade and they're all doing coke now like yeah. I feel like just make your brain melt out of your ears uh, yeah that's not going to necessarily beget a uh, a rational or a positive uh mind or you know behavioral they're not getting album of the year by the grammys anytime soon no 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 um but I mean, I guess neither either of us. So who are we to judge? <laughs> but like, um, Grant, if you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? Um, well, I'm not really online that much. Uh, follow me on Be Real. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, this is the first Be Real plug we've had. Uh, it's Grant CC, but I didn't get the letter A in there. So G-R-N-T-C-C. Uh, only follow me on Be Real. It's really... Nothing else you could learn about me anywhere else. <laughs> that is true. I love that kind of plug. Um, Be Real is like, I think maybe the only fun social media app right now. Like, Insta I barely use Instagram anymore. I don't even know if I'd go that far in Be Real. I think it just speaks to social media in general. And I'm like, oh, this is the only one that has, it's the only one I'm real on, for lack of a better term. 100%. Like, I look like shit and piss. Um, five days out of seven on be real but like that is kind of very real um and it's Still also you're gonna get to know me you know? exactly <laughs> if you if you don't like me at my worst or whatever um i don't know the quote it's also it's 9 30 here or like we're kind of running off fumes but be real is nice <laughs> because it's also a very low commitment which i enjoy like it's not a time suck even a little bit yeah no it's a moment of the day it's like being on a nice group chat yeah 
I don't remember my Be Real Insta hand or my Be Real handle off the top of my head, but I will link it in show notes if you would like to add me. Maybe, mm, yeah. Actually, yeah, that is kind of a, it's a jump, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I also think on Instagram, just go to Drew's friend page and search Grant is how I describe that. Yeah, but don't follow Grant Haskins. Um, If you would like to follow me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FKPigs with the Z on Instagram at Drew Haskins the C's and follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates. Um, I am also going to do a quick little plug on July, July, on September 12th, <laughs> next Monday, um, friend of the pod, Julia Gray and I are launching a new girls recap live show on Spotify Live. Title TBD, but it's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Spotify Live, and we will be covering on a weekly basis every episode of the hit show Girls, created, written, and starring, and sometimes even directed by Lena Dunham. Um, It will be a fun, exciting venture um, we have some truly incredible guests lined up, um, actors, writers, you will, I hate to say it, you'll gag. Um, so look out for that on September 12th. And with that, uh, see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.